0: Everybody, welcome to episode four. Four now, we've made already it already. Four, we're episode huge for the mountain bike podcast. We're blowing up. Actually, on those lines, really quick, we had—I—I I, I don't know if I want to mention her name, but we had a previous world champ in XCO, cyclocross, I think, and also road. Follow us. Oh dang, So that is actually kind of cool. That's cool. So, welcome. Prestigious and non prestigious followers alike. We're excited that you guys are listening. Uh, we have a special guest with us today, Amy Morrison. Uh, Amy Morrison's a rider from Marin, uh, CES champion, enduro two rider. Times. Two times. Yes, two times. From Auburn, California, right?
1: Yes, and correct.
0: You're over the heel, hill in Reno right now.
1: I am. I ventured over the hill after <laughs> the mega storm.
0: We're it's getting continuing. crazy amounts of
1: snow. the
2: snowpocalypse. Apparently. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I'm not really sure what biking is really about as no. of the past couple of weeks.
2: All of <laughs> us are
0: in the same route. Yeah. I've been spending a lot of time on rollers and the trainer and doing weird physical, like we're doing this, this fitness testing stuff. Well, not really fitness, more like physiological testing. Uh, it's riding is definitely a foreign thing for me right now. It's full on winter time. Yeah. But I did spend nine hours in the backcountry on skis the other day, though. So ah, it's pretty good. Very jealous. Still good. Yeah. yeah. it was a great day,
2: too. And I saw your video from today up at Sugar Bowl, Amy. <laughs> yeah. Hucking yeah. some senders and moguls and you know, shit. Was it good if up I there? I
1: can't send it on the bike, I got to <laughs> find something else.
2: Something else. Yeah.
0: Yeah, makes sense. Um, so this is the podcast where we talk about mountain bike stuff. Uh, anything that goes from XC, downhill, and occasionally the weird thing that is cyclocross we might even talk about. Uh, which I'll mention again, Stephen doesn't a tutu. He actually does. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh,
2: well, not always. <laughs>
0: not always. But yes. Tuesdays only. Yeah. Um, and uh, we have a bunch of. So, we've encouraged you guys to listen to the podcast, review it, share it. Thank you so much for doing that so far. And please continue to share it. Uh, we're just starting out and we're actually growing pretty quickly. Things are catching on pretty quick. Um, people like this mountain bike podcast thing. So, uh, you can leave reviews on iTunes. Uh, I think that we've finally gotten enough reviews where iTunes has like recognized us and allowed us to have a review being shown. So continue. If it isn't a five-star review, just let us know first. And then maybe we can change it. And then you don't have to tell iTunes. You can just go back and give us a five-star review. That'd be awesome. So we'd be all for it. Uh, Anyways, let's get into things with your questions, though. We had a few people submit questions. And the first one, or one of the ones that we got uh, from our good friend Scott, actually, he said, where do I leave feedback on your podcast? Best way to do it is through reviews on iTunes. You can review, I believe, on the Google Play Store. And probably the best way, if it's positive feedback, is to share it just on your social channels, too. I mean, right? That'd I, be good.
2: I would agree with that. Other people
0: would see that. So yeah. that's my co-host, Stephen Lewis, by the way.
2: Oh, and this is my other co-host, Jonathan Lee. Yeah, there we are. Because we forgot that.
0: We did forget that, huh? You guys are really cute. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's get into the questions, though, from Robbie, the first one. He says, I just wanted to say I'm super pumped when I saw Jonathan talking about his podcast on BKXC. If you guys don't know, that's a YouTube channel. Really nice dude from Vallejo, uh, California. His name is Brian Kennedy nicest dude in the world and he has a pretty rad youtube channel he just rides bikes all over the place all over the world he was in new zealand recently all over so good dude anyways he says uh, please 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 don't let this be a pink bike style downhillers bro or downhillers broadcast us xc guys need our fix and there's nowhere good for us to go uh p.s the talk about the 80 dollar rs1 tool hit home with me and five stars for sure so I know that isn't our intent right I don't think
2: so. I think we want to keep a broad spectrum. Yeah. You know, I'll keep a little bit of the bro cast in, you know, with the Enduro side, but
0: yeah, bros are good. Yeah. 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 We all have a little bit of, to an extent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Drew, he says, Hey guys, great show. Definitely the most informed one out there from a racing training tech standpoint well formatted. Also, you should probably just go ahead and include a rant section along with your recommendations as it seems to have a few and they are great. <laughs> we have been ranting about bike shops we have. and other things like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't want to make it negative. No,
2: not at no. all. I yeah. mean, if we do have a rant about a particular product or service or something, you know, we're going to talk about it, but
0: hopefully it moves everything forward in the end. Exactly. Yeah, positive thoughts. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what is it? The thumper rule, right? can't say anything nice. Don't say anything at all. Something so, like that. Yeah. Uh, my question is probably one you will get or have already gotten because hashtag Enduro is hashtag so hot right now. That's what he wrote. I'm just, I'm just reading it out. Uh, he says, I'm 37. I've been riding bikes all for all my adult life. Bought my first mountain bike in 1997. But in the past two years, I've been mountain biking as seriously as I can with three kids and a full-time office job. You, I mean, you have, you have, a, you have a job, but you're a, pro- you're a professional Enduro racer too. Correct. Tough to balance. I assume. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, I do pharmaceutical sales right? uh, and I've been lucky enough to have a a really awesome territory. So Reno is actually part of my territory. So that helped me get over the hill today. Right. But, uh, I feel like it helps with variety. I can train different places. The hardest part is the winter, the shorter days and
0: not being able to really have much time after work to get out. Yeah, that is tough. I think that's kind of what Drew's talking about there. He says, um, He says, I ride and live in the front range of Colorado, and I find myself roughly in the middle of the pack on climbs and just at the top 25% on descents, according to Strava. I'm riding in, and he says in quotes, all-mountain hardtail. I plan to build a full suspension bike this spring and train for an enduro race in the beginning of the summer. What advice would you have for me both on bike choice for enduro racing and general trail riding in my area, and specifically in regards to training? Thanks. So an all-mountain or an enduro bike... um, for the front range of Colorado. What do you think, Steven?
2: I think front range is definitely gonna be uh, more advantageous to 140 mils or bigger on travel. Mm. Um, I think a 29er would probably be advantageous as well. Um, So it's pretty rocky
1: in the front range. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. So I would probably stick to something like, um, I don't know, Pivot Switchblade, the new Hightower SB 5.5. We'll
0: get into the Hightower um, a little later. Yeah.
2: Ripley Mm -hmm. LS, maybe, um, Mm -hmm. if he wants to improve his climbing. Uh, There's a lot of options out there for bikes to start with, but it really, you know, with the information we have, I would also say, I need to know how tall he is. If I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to put someone who's five, six and 130 pounds on a 29 inch Enduro bike.
0: Here's the good thing about shopping for an Enduro bike right now. Like if you want one and you'll go to a demo day, chances are the majority of the bikes there are going to fall within that category because that's what's selling, right? There's there's a ton of really good enduro bikes.
2: Yeah. I don't think many people are making bad ones right now. We
0: just talked about the Marin Hawk Hill last time. Okay. It's like crazy. It's like a budget bike, but it's really good.
1: Yeah. You know, know? uh, my teammate, Corey Sullivan, he actually- Shreds, by the way. Yes, he does. He actually prefers riding that. And Kyle Warner, uh, another Marin teammate, he actually uh, raced down in Mexico and got second, I believe, on wow. the Hawk Hill. So definitely a different build than what it comes from if you just get the full build from Marin. Right. But right. Uh, the frame itself is great and, and how you want to build it up and, and keep it budget. You could buy it right from Marin the way it is and yeah,
0: save a ton of money. Yeah. That's the cool thing too with a bike like that because the price is cheap enough. Like like you said, you can get the bike as is, ride it, and then if you want to upgrade something, you haven't like put yourself completely into debt because yeah. it's not that expensive just right off the floor. Exactly. Uh, there are a bunch of choices. I mean, I, I mean, of course, the, we actually got called out on this by our good friend, the angry single speeder, uh, oh, Kurt. Did for yeah. our for our Yeti. I actually, love. skied with him today. Uh, nice, nice. Um, which. I mean, yeah, we, we do. Steven and I, we are Yeti ambassadors. We love our bikes. So yeah. take that with a grain of salt, but, um, there at four or five is an awesome bike for the more, uh, I guess just on the, un- just on the lower side in terms of travel yeah. of what you're talking about there, the new five would be great. 5.5 would be awesome. Yeah. 29. So I, I mean, would say like Steve choices.
1: said is go to a demo. Uh, totally. if you could get to a demo festival. I went to Sedona mountain bike festival last year and it was mm. amazing. I rode a ton of bikes, um, yeah. pretty much a different, like three a day, went out on three little mini, mini rides and you can try a number of bikes and, and they have their top line bikes there. So
0: yeah.
2: yeah, that's a pretty good setup to do. That's definitely a good idea. I'm
0: thinking of something like outer bike in Moab. Um, I'm sure there are some of those in Colorado, maybe one down South closer to grand junction, but I'm sure up in Denver yeah. there has got to be something. Like I
1: mean, that. I honestly flew. And, and yeah. I didn't bring a bike and just paid for the demo and I had a bike every time I wanted to ride. It's
0: pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's nice. Yeah. I mean, which is nice to not have to fly with your bike and all the stress that comes with that. Yeah. So definitely. Um, so yeah, I, I would say something in the 140 to 160 for sure and probably be best. Right?
2: Yeah. And I mean 27, five or 29 depends on his height, his weight you know. and your preference
0: on Absolutely. what type of bike you like yeah. to ride, you know, and how you like to ride it. So, so just so. go ride some stuff. Yeah. I mean, my two cents would be a Yeti, of course, but you guys know that already. So, uh, let's move on to Wade. He says, what's up bras. First off, really impressed with the podcast. At first I was expecting crappy sound quality and mediocre discussion, like a lot of podcasts. Whoa, whoa, Wade! (laughs) He says like a lot of podcasts, but what you guys have going on is working. So keep it up. Thanks Wade. We'll do it. Uh, last year I was, or last year was one of my favorite riding seasons of my life, mainly because I got a good bike and I actually know, I know Wade, he's from Utah He's a good dude, um, and this is gonna sound Wait, partial did he again. Get a Yeti? He did. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should have a drinking game for every time we mention <laughs> our, our affinity for Yetis. You guys can can t- can take a drink, but of whatever you're drinking. Uh, but he says, "But I was at the top of my game, fitness-wise, and my technical confidence has skyrocketed." With this newfound confidence, I'm being more aggressive in my riding style, shifting from trail to more enduro style. My fitness level was great for climbing, but about halfway down the runs, my legs would just start burning. What can I do to improve my leg strength and endurance for the descent? What have you done to do that, both of you guys?
2: I, I don't know. <laughs> I've never had this problem. So, Amy? You have, you have
0: tree trunks for legs. Yeah. <laughs> so,
2: I've just never had that problem. Yeah. I don't, I don't know.
0: Okay. Yeah. What do you do for the? I guess the specifically training for the muscular endurance style stuff that you need for descending. Because I think a lot of people, especially if you come from the maybe XC, but you probably know it then, but more like the road side of things. Because I'm sure roadies are listening to this podcast too. Yeah, you probably think that the descending part is easy. But
1: yeah, a d- different it's, beast. It definitely the m- the more technical the train is, and even if it's not that technical, just being in that kind of attack position and and mm-hmm. it's honestly an isometric hold, like you're just holding it there and it's a wall
2: sit. Yeah, it's
0: like a it's, do like it's like a wall sit. It. <laughs> it's like a wall sit with uh, weight being placed on you, then removed, and placed balance. on you, removed, and, and balanced yeah. too. Yeah, there's
1: there's a lot involved, and I and I think honestly it's it's doing more d- long descending uh, and really turning on the gas and, and really doing that. But I think if you have, you know, this off season that we're in right now in the winter where there's less riding time is getting in the gym. Mm-hmm. And not only is it going to help prevent some injuries, but also help strengthen all around. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing that replaces actually pedaling, right? but, uh, and, and doing those descents. But I think if you build a good base, it can make things a lot easier.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking of like weighted stability work that you could do in the gym with a BOSU ball or anything similar to that so that you are having to constantly engage different muscles and so your balance is affected like on a BOSU ball. I think
2: lateral stability is going to play a bigger part than most people think.
0: Yeah, and then have some type of weight and then some type of movement that you're doing on top of that that you have to repeat a lot because that's the thing is you're talking about really muscular endurance you're not necessarily talking about power or force or anything else like that you're talking about the ability to really tolerate a level of intensity for quite a while Um, especially i mean a lot of the stuff there in utah that he might be riding uh the wasatch range has a lot of just long continuous descents like uninterrupted stuff because it's just super steep faces the mountains Uh, Mm -hmm. down in Southern Utah, it's all interrupted stuff constantly, you know, kind of roller coastery, but, um, the other thing too, is spend the time on the trainer working on steady state efforts, meaning that, you know, you're working not at your threshold, you're working below that, but we're talking like, you know, if you're to think of it like a six out of 10 and you're seven or six and a half out of 10, so more than halfway to max and it is uncomfortable. And then try to stay there for as long as you can. And that type of work is, it sucks and it's painful, but that will help too when you're going down on those, those rides. So it'll really help. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I that's also it. think
2: shifting position, you know, even just turning your cranks 180 degrees on a long descent mm. where you're not pedaling, so just spin forward, them around 180 for fr- switch foot forward, get used to, you know, doing that, that'll help, you know, alleviate just that similar, just constant one position feeling. So that might help too.
0: Yeah. When you are saying that I was thinking about just like reassessing everything on the bike. And one thing that I, I try to do is I try to relax my shoulders oh, when I'm sure. on the bike and kind of roll them back. Yeah. And, and that I think helps.
1: definitely something that I do if, if I know the stage or I know the trail, mm-hmm. uh, and I know that there's a spot where maybe I could just sit down and put some power in really quick or something like that. Just that small change of position and, and pedaling really helps. I notice on some, some stages they may not be that long, but I get really tired because there is no spot. It's just full on downhill, you know, even if it's just three minutes, but then there might be a 10 minute stage with a big pedal in the middle, but your body kind of recovers some muscles while the other muscles work. And then you go back into kind of that full on downhill mode. So anytime you get that chance, uh, maybe just relax or you know it, it may pay off even if you're a little
0: bit slower. It's a great point. Like finding your moments to breathe so to speak. Yeah. I can I mean uh I'll talk about supercross really quick. Uh I'm sure nobody cares, but this well, We do. Yeah, I, I, I do. <laughs> this this last weekend was Anaheim 1 and, and watching the guys ride the supercross track, you can see some guys are just so efficient. I think of somebody He had a bad race this week, but Trey Kennard, he's always um super active on the bike and then I think of you know somebody like a Kevin Wyndham, for example who was always very conservative on the bike Uh, he was always uh, I think that that's one thing that you can kind of learn from as well if you're descending and you find yourself getting really exhausted specifically in one area of your legs it part of it could be due to training and you need to to build up your muscular endurance and your strength there but some of it also could be just a poor position that's causing too much stress in that area, you know, and like you said, switching foot forward, finding moments to breathe. Like you said, Amy, um, dropping your heels and relaxing those shoulders, like just changing things up a bit <clears throat> will really help. So, uh, yeah, that's what I would say there. Let's move on to some silly season news. There were a bunch, there were other questions too, by the way. Uh, and we'll get to more of them next time, but there's a lot of silly season news. Because we were talking about why is everybody just putting out these mediocre press releases that says this rider off this brand, yeah, which is like so people are starting I was to like, find new brands. That was like the whole internet for the mountain bike internet for like two weeks. Yeah, um, hello, January first, right? Exactly, right? <laughs> Contract time. Um, But now there's a bunch of other stuff. First of all, the Scott Enduro Cup was announced, which. The schedule, I should say, which is one of the biggest enduro series in the country. You know, kind of, maybe. Biggest regionals,
2: I would say. Yeah,
0: I guess, because it's mostly, they do have a round, I think. I think it depends
1: what you define as biggest. I think the California enduro series has a ton of racers
0: and riders. That's true. Like the participation, it's crazy. Like we had the round here in Reno, um, which unfortunately this year we don't have, but the Battleborn enduro. (laughs) like when they let the start go off, it was like five minutes of riders leaving the start line and it was all just a mass start thing. Yeah, and I I think
1: the one that they're... Uh, well, not altering with that one, but they have a new one in Auburn this year, and there's 475 riders.
0: Oh, my god! I
1: don't even know where they're all going to park. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's going to be crazy. Yeah. California State so Parks I, is going to make a lot of money with parking. Yeah. So I think, <laughs> yeah, I I,
1: I think so. it depends on what you say, biggest. I know the BME is also a pretty elite series yep. yeah, as well. True. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of series out there. It's, it's actually more really more hard up. to... To figure out which races you want to go
0: to you know we pointed out something last week about um IMBA, right they yeah, were the they're they they're getting behind that series. one how do you feel as a pro rider that like basically to to be eligible for that cup you have to like cherry well, pick a, a round <laughs> <laughs> yes and travel across and the like, country yeah you have to cherry pick one round from a, from a series and like but they're all from like a different series and you have to travel all around the country like I yeah. get it but at the same time it I feel like because there are so few riders that actually have um, enough support so that they could go around and do all these races that it pretty much just is going to reward the same five people, same three people.
1: Yeah, I think you know, not trying to be negative and right. trying to always kind of see the light as why they would no, do something. <laughs> yeah. It's more fun. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, I mean, the NAET is, is pretty similar. And, right. and I think the, the Imba one and, and kind of what I've, I've read as far as comments and just looking at the, why they did different things is they try to regionalize it so that if you do go to one race, you know, the next race is either the next weekend or two weekends away, or, you know, they wanted to make it fair for everybody. Right. So obviously Enduro's pretty West Coast. Coast driven or you know out, out this way and it makes it hard for anybody on the east coast so they totally. wanted to kind of even the playing field and and level that part
0: out a good point. and it'd be good to see more east coast rounds it's a totally it, different yeah. animal and
1: yeah. if you look at the you know the north american enduro cup if you don't know what any yeah. is a lot of those were you know they were all on the west coast pretty much yes. and so it, it makes it really hard and i think there's a lot you know up in the northwest and it just makes it hard for anybody so i don't really think the imba series you're going to see. It's going to draw the same kind of people, I think, but it makes it more fair so that if you want to participate in the, in the series and you're more on the East coast, at least you have a more playing field that's level versus trying to do the North American Enduro cup where you're flying to the West coast, every race makes sense.
0: And and the Scott cup this year, which I believe they have, I don't know if that's Jubal Davis or if that's, or if that's Richie Root. I think it's Jubal Davis. I'm not sure.
1: I don't think that,
0: are you talking about the one in the black? Yeah, no, the guy in the Yeti kid. I don't know below that. Anywho, there are humans and they're riding their bikes in this. Um, but they, they ride, uh, the first round is in Moab. The second round is in, which I've ridden Moab. All of us have ridden Moab, right? Steven, have you no. ridden Moab? You yeah. haven't?
1: Thanks Just for rubbing me. Just rode it, it for the first
2: time. Uh, yeah, you, you did yeah. quite
1: a trip out there. You covered it all. Yeah, driving back from Michigan. With a so. new
2: transit van.
0: <laughs>
1: Yes, I have officially joined
0: the van life. The, van crew. Life. the, van,
1: <laughs> the, the big movement known as van life. Yeah. It is a big movement. It's a thing.
2: Hashtag um, freedom vans. Yeah.
0: And then, Stephen, you ought to, you'll have, you should go to Moab with me. I'm going in March. You should take spring break. The,
2: yeah. You
1: I feel like go. I got spoiled. I went there and it was definitely chilly, but yeah. there was no crowds. And thankfully, the, yeah. I lucked out and met some friends of friends and they gave me some shuttles because you kind of
2: want some shuttles on some Did things. You like, like, d- didn't you even get like thanksgiving dinner at a stranger's house too That's the awesome.
1: nicest the nicest guy he was like on top chef or really? something something so yeah you some like chef chef oh yeah dinner. like it was like gourmet and my friend was vegan that was with me and he made like five vegan dishes it was Wow. That's we, Steven's we definitely, He's a, She even stayed at my
2: Steven, house on the way. Steven's label, huge, <laughs> Steven's yeah. huge on vegan stuff. Yeah, vegan <laughs> really stuff. Into I'm it. all about it. As long as it's gluten-free, free-range, we're good.
1: Oh, yeah. You can have yeah. bacon. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> it was vegan bacon. <laughs> right. <laughs> they go to, but, I've, I've never
0: ridden Angel Fire after I that. I
1: haven't. And, you know, I'm looking at it because I actually signed up for the uh, the other race in New Mexico, Santa cool. Fe. Yeah, and I think they're almost back-to-back weekends. Oh, that'd be good. So I'm I'm looking at it. It's it's on the radar.
0: It looks it looks awesome up there. Um, then Sun Valley, Idaho. I have ridden there. Have you ridden there, Steve? Yeah, and I have yeah. not. It's it's heaven. That is like heaven on earth up there. It is. I heard cool. it's a little cross-country. It's definitely more XC. Like in fact, they were building a flow trail from the top of the resort down more or less to the bottom. When I was there last, uh, that was during cross country marathon nats. Last time I was there, mm. and uh, which was a bad day for me. But um, yeah, they it is a lot more XC stuff. So Stephen's about to sneeze. Well, no, done. I'm not. You you kept it in. God got saved it. Um, then after that, they go to Park City, Utah, which is also another slice of heaven Always on earth. Good. Place I think is awesome. that race is the same time as North star though.
2: It is last weekend in August.
0: It is. Yeah, that's right. It is. So that one will be missed.
2: So do we home turf or do we go?
0: I mean, yeah. I've got at the end of August, so in between August, I'm we signed up for Leadville for work. It's one of the worst things it's that's the happened in my life. Yeah, the lottery. So there's a chance I don't get in, yeah. which we're all kind of crossing we're our fingers for. for. <laughs>
2: that you don't get in. But
0: at the same time, I do want to go through it because I want to understand like all the people that we help at Trainer Road. A lot of people do Leadville and they sign up for Trainer Road to train for Leadville. So. I want to understand it, yeah. you know, so there is that part of me, but there's also the other part of me that says, I don't want to ride a mountain bike on a road course for a hundred miles at 10,000 feet. It'll, yeah. It'll be, they add a lot of, uh, of yeah. Time. So, but just the same, I'm doing that. I'm going, we're, um, we've got bike and cross Vegas to do. I've got. Uh, Downeyville happens sometime around there just before August, August. 2nd. I think or it's first, yeah. weekend first, in August. first weekend in August. Yep. And then lost or lost and found happens earlier. It's a uh, grinduro will be happening. I'm doing that one. Grinduro should
2: be September, but yeah. Yep.
0: And then in October, we're going to Kona for work, which I know that sounds oh, rough. Yeah. But we're, um, but it's, it's like a really, and then Levi's grand Fondo somewhere within there too. I'm doing so like, it's going to be crazy. So North star would be much more comfortable than park city. Okay. But Fair enough. Yeah. Anyways, really cool series. Uh, pretty awesome. Let's rip through the rest of the news and kind of categorize things. So, basically, all the riders that got back on uh, Specialized Gravity announced their team. It's Lok Bruni, Finn Isles, and Miranda Miller, which is she's going back to DH.
1: Yeah. I saw her at an Enduro race and kind of crazy. I mean, yeah. She's back.
2: She's. that really would be good. Nuts. Yeah. Specialized, Foxhead, Olin's.
0: Yeah, so they switched a lot of stuff. They yeah. used to, I mean, the Specialized makes everything yeah. under the sun. And 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 I, I know a lot of people hate Specialized, but they make incredibly good shoes. They make really good saddles. They make really good, like, they make a lot of very good things. So it's interesting to see them switch over to do things that aren't just branded Specialized. They're using olens They're using Formula Brakes. They're using... A lot of stuff they weren't using. before, And they're
2: using DT Swiss wheels instead of the Revol brand. Yeah. So
0: I wonder if Aaron Gwynn kind of wishes he was there now. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? I'm Maybe sure he's he likes his with, YT setup. I'm sure he's happy with YT. I mean, he did really well yeah. for a first year too. Absolutely. But yeah. Um, and then after that, Ibis announced their Enduro team. And I really just wanted to put this on here because FOP friend of the
2: podcast, Dylan Santos. Oh, he's our boy. We yep. love Dylan.
0: Good dude. Uh, he got. Uh, he's on the. He's on the team again. Yep. He'll be doing some the I really program.
2: liked his picture, by the way. It was just, <laughs> just dirty. <laughs> What's cool about Dylan is yeah. that
0: he's always been on
1: Ibis, and if you talk to he's him, loyal. he he will have so many good things to say about that brand. And I yeah. think that's
0: really neat to say. It's also genuine. Steve. Like when you talk to him, he's not. He's not. I guess like being a salesman or anything no. else like that. He genuinely cares for the brand, the people. He likes the equipment and yeah. yeah and he actually
2: cool. legitimately cares how they've taken care of him At even before he was officially well. on the team yeah. and kudos Ibis. Yeah. Pretty awesome. And kudos Dylan
0: and kudos. Dylan. Good job, bud. Yep. Canyon factory DH team. Now we know where Troy Brosnan landed and he's with Mark Wallace and, uh, Rory Cunningham. I believe that's how you say Rory, but when it's written in Scottish stuff, I don't know.
2: I don't know how to roll my R's. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm not even going to try, uh, but they're on the Canyon team. So everything will probably be very, uh, black on black on black and probably look pretty cool. The Cannondale factory racing XC team was announced. And here's the interesting thing. Um, long time, uh, guy for the Cannondale team, Marco Fontana, he left left. Yeah. And uh, he is now riding, I think, for the B&H team. I could be wrong, but I think he's going for to. He and uh, Maxime Morot switched places. Which this year in the XC world, it was like it. It blew me away because it had been the Julian and Nino show for like. Geez, like three years since yeah. the last
2: Olympics, pretty much. That's why I don't watch cross country at all anymore. Yeah, and it was you know what's going to happen.
0: Pretty much just down to them, and then this year suddenly all these guys were doing like a bunch of Spanish, a bunch of guys from Spain started doing really well, and the kind of names that you had heard of before and and you saw them, but they were always hovering around fifth to tenth, and now they were right up there, first to fifth. And uh, Maxime Murat was one of them. He stepped up huge. Yeah. So I, in fact, I thought he was going to win one, but it never ended up panning out for him, but he's on Cannondale now and Manuel Fumic, the the baggie rider, he still runs baggies Uh, and he is still on there, um, which is pretty cool stuff. Yeah. And And like
2: the, the sisters, you know, the Grobert sisters are on Cannondale now too. Yep. So that's cool. They picked up a couple of the
0: ladies. It's awesome to see. Um, so it'll be cool. Um, I put down on our notes here on the show notes, Brian Lopes isn't intense anymore. He's still intense. And there are a lot of varying opinions on Brian Lopes, but we were actually talking about this beforehand. Amy and I have met him personally and we haven't had a single bad interaction with him. It's all been positive, like really kind actually.
1: Yeah, definitely face to face with him. He's been, he's been really great. I I have seen him intense in a race scenario.
0: (laughs) Yes, he is quite. And he used to ride for intense. If you don't understand the punning that's happening right now, but he used to ride for intense and now, he's writing for Ellsworth and they were like, there's like 550 comments yeah. on think bike. Many of them are brutal. Some of them funny. Um, and, uh, but the one thing about Brian Lopes, everyone always says he's a jerk, but I think that if you just give him a fair shot, He's actually a nice dude. So, I mean, I'm sure if you try to bother him while he's getting psyched up for a race or something like that, he's probably not going to be the nicest guy.
2: But and I think that's what happened to me. That's what honestly, to you. I shared I think, a chair. I with think him. that
0: happens with most people, of course, because yeah. yeah. that's when
2: they're visible and
0: reproachable is because they put themselves out in the open in that moment. And I yeah.
1: think you know, especially since he's been in the enduro scene. Enduro is a lot about you're on and then you're off the clock and some totally. riders are, are
0: able to be on, on the on time. Jared and then... Graves, for example, is like a total on and off. Like he was at sea otter, just like a normal dude and Curtis Keen too. both of them were there. Just like normal chatting. Super. In fact, I had a conversation with Jared for like a half hour. He was just like, and he's just such a normal guy, you know? And he was at that point on top of the, well, not on top of the world, but he had just come off that a pretty darn good year, despite his injuries with Yeti. So, um, yeah, there's some oh, guys. Take a drink can, guys. Yeah, take <laughs> a drink. Said Yeti. I said it. Um, but he's, uh, I think you're completely right. Some people can turn off and turn on and other people just the way they need to get into things. Not yeah. Like get that. focused and into the
1: zone. And yeah,
0: he's obviously made, his career out of it and
1: it's, you know, he puts a lot into it. And so I think he's such a good rider. I think if you you get in his way, just like a lot of, you know, a lot of other riders, um, and, and maybe he's handled some situations poorly. Right. Um, but hopefully he does, you know, good things for Ellsworth. And,
0: you know, one thing I noticed when he was with IBIS, it seemed like he did a lot of R and D with them. that's what it seemed like at least from the outside and i don't i don't know i wasn't with him but with intense it seemed like that was the story that was going to be told but i don't know if i really saw anything come out of that maybe with ellsworth he has more of a chance to do more r&d and make some more changes to the bike and because he has so much experience to pull on of course and i'm sure he can really do a good job of testing so yeah Um, that'll be cool to see um finally uh uh, Vergier, Shaw. So Luca Shaw and Greg Menar are the Santa Cruz syndicate downhill racers now with PD being their drill sergeant. Um, if you saw the video on pink bike
2: and, and rat boy, is rat their boy. yoga instructor <laughs> yoga. slash pot. Dealer. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yoga in air quotes. So, um, pretty cool stuff. Um, other news, uh, there's an interview on pink bike that I wanted to bring up and it's, Number one, women's racing, which we're going to get into this, Amy, a little later about women's racing, just in general, um, we'll talk about that. But Annika Longavad, she's a cross country racer. She races for Specialized. She is she is awesome, a really good rider. She seems really humble from all of her interviews, very unassuming, just a, a hardworking, uh, good rider. And this, they did an interview on Pink Bike, and it's called "The Double Life of a World Champion." And it's really interesting to read about that and how she's super dedicated to school and she takes a full load of that. And then once the racing season comes around, she reduces that slightly, but she still carries on with her classes. And that's pretty tough to carry when you are one of the best XC racers, if not the best XC racer in the world. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, so it's a really cool interview and you should check it out. Because XC women, women's XCO, when you watch it on Red Bull TV, it's it's more entertaining than the men's racing by far. And it's I think that there are a couple of reasons. We were we were actually talking about this beforehand, Stephen. I think there are a couple of reasons. Like in the in the women's racing, it's tighter. Yeah. There's anyone, there's like seven girls that could win. Seven women can win and you have no clue who. And then Katarina Nash randomly shows up and just slays like she always does. Of course. Um and then you have On top of that, the terrain for a lot of the top guys, like a guy like Nino Schurter is so skilled, but the terrain for a lot of the women, it's, it's much more challenging for, for either, whether strength or whatever else it may be, it's much more challenging. So you see them approach the terrain, some of them in ways similar to how you would approach it. Cause if you watch the top pro guys approach that terrain, like it and might as well you, be a crit race. Yeah, because yeah. if and if you watch yourself go through there, you would be shocked at the disparity. Like it may look easy, you have no clue.
1: I, I think, you know, I, I do agree some some of these listeners and, and people out there would approach it the same way as these pro women, but I think yeah. also there's a lot of people who wouldn't even be able to approach it like the pro women do. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, they're on hardtails, a lot of that's them. It's amazing. And some stuff I see them high posting hardtails going off rock drops. I'm like, "Wow, pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah,
2: and we're all just like, nope, not yeah. doing that.
0: yeah. and and I guess that the the main point for for like that I'm trying to make here is the fact that like if you want to see something that's closer to reality for you but probably still out of reach, Number one, that's definitely the women's race. Like you get to see them approach this terrain that's in a more world class manner. in a more creative way, yeah, which is cool. Like you see them take different lines, different approaches, and it's more educational rather than just watching the the, the men look
2: like robots when they're, they're doing just it.
0: Rip right through. Yep. You know what I mean? Um. So, but then on top of that too, it's so competitive. I feel like, uh, I don't know if it's a, a lack of, um like almost the guys in some way are beat down. When you have a guy like Nino Schurter and Julian Absalon, that are so good. It's almost tough to believe that you can win. Uh, but with the women's racing, so many of them believe they can win and all of them are working to win. Yeah. So it's awesome. The racing is just like top notch. So, um, you should check that out and gain some appreciation for her. If you don't have it already, it's a really good interview. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was Reggie Miller He's the NBA. Well, now he's a commentator, but he's a legend in the NBA. And the guy is, he's super into mountain biking. Yeah. Like super into mountain biking. And he had an interview on the Dan Patrick show and they were asking him like, what's your dream life now? And they were talking about the mountain biking stuff. And he's like, I wish I could just quit my job and race EWS. And he's like, I have nowhere near good enough. (laughs) <laughs> but it would be cool. Like, that's like his dream. And I thought that was cool. Like, this guy probably has enough money to do anything he wants, right?
2: Which is funny. If you have enough money, you can go be a race car driver, but you can't get into EWS. Nah.
1: It's yeah. cool to see that he has really taken a liking to, to Enduro mountain biking yeah. and, and has the desire. And, and I think that's one cool thing about the EWS is uh, there is a lottery system and you can get into to totally. races. It's not a guarantee and there's definitely a lot of races, uh, but it always is a draw to, to see all the different locations across the world. And they all look like amazing events. They do.
0: Yeah. So kudos, Reggie, uh, if you're listening and, uh, we're stoked to have you on the trails with us. It's pretty awesome. Uh, then the last kind of news point before we get into some product stuff that round one of Fontana happened or KMC winter series it's called. Um, so thanks KMC for sponsoring racing, but happens in Fontana, which if anybody's ever been to Fontana, have you guys been there? Once,
2: once I've maybe. been there, I've never ridden a bike there. I didn't know you could ride bikes there. Yeah, exactly <laughs> I didn't know there was any point. hills there.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't think it. You're driving around these neighborhoods and I you're like, uh, I, I'm not really seeing any mountain, And then you show anything. up to Southridge
0: <laughs> park. I believe it's yeah, Southridge park. And then you've got just a little cone and it actually does have some technical terrain on it. Yeah, it's it has, really a, it has some cool terrain. It's just over really quickly. Super short, like the, they had an enduro round or duro series there and it was like, I actually missed it cause I had the flu,
1: but oh. I have been there once. But, uh, but yeah, the total it was probably race. the
2: best 12 minutes of racing ever. I, I, I
1: heard that one of the stages, <laughs> The flu was... sucks, but I was actually kind of glad I didn't drive all the way down for
0: 12 minutes of racing. I heard one of the stages was like a minute long, so pretty short.
2: I probably would have done really well there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or, yeah. Why did you miss that one? I,
2: school. (laughs) Sure. I don't know.
0: Um, but anyways, they had that. And if you guys are thirsty for, for racing news, that's really what we get on the downhill side of things for a while. And it's just the Fontana stuff for a while, but, uh, it's pretty cool. You'll see Aaron Gwynn out there like running prototype prototype stuff a lot of the time. And Annika Burton,
1: another EWS. Yes, she's there a lot too. Top
0: girl she does, you know, she'll
1: jump into an XC race and switch it up.
0: So I'll be down there in, um, April for the second round of the pro XCT series. So Hmm. yeah, I had that or the week before is Benelli park, but I don't want to be away from my son for a week. If I don't have to, my son and my wife, that would suck. So, uh,
2: and if you want to know what's worse (laughs) than Fontana, it's Benelli. (laughs)
0: Oh gosh. (laughs) Benelli's rough, man. (laughs) It's rough. Even for XC racers. It's just like, I mean, it's the opposite of rough and that's the problem. It's just like, it's, it's, But the one thing about Benelli on XC side of things, it's so steep and it's like 15 to 30 second climbs, but it's about 12 of them per lap and they're 30% or above and they just come one after another, after another, after another, after another. And then for all of us up here, like the guys down south are in full on race mode and they're already ready and we're still trying to thaw out from the winter. So it is tough for sure. Uh, Some bike stuff to get into really quick. Uh, Vernon Felton good dude um, I was talking to him at Pinkbike and Vernon if you're listening I still want to talk about that trainer story if you ever want to run that uh, could actually be interesting but I think we just could,
2: send him an email instead of you know podcasting
0: he if he's listening we might as well okay I think we could melt some Pinkbike comments with that one but anyways he did a review on the tall boy in the high tower it's actually pretty I mean he did a good job of reviewing it I very
2: in-depth yes and I like how he said that but this is not a shootout Yes, this is, I hate shootouts. This is more about what are these bikes good at,
0: and it was practical at the same time. He kept yeah. bringing it back to what this means for you on the
2: bike, yeah, right? Absolutely.
0: Um, he echoed pretty much all of the things that I've heard said about this bike, yeah. It's great, which
2: one the tall boy or the high, high tower, or both?
0: both, okay, yeah, both of them. Yeah. Uh, the new tall boy, I should say, yeah, the updated one and and the high tower. They people love it. Um, it's seems like Santa Cruz has figured out some of this because my only gripe with the Santa Cruz before was just the VPP system felt like I was sitting super high when I was pedaling up stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I felt like I would just blow through things. It was kind of just a strange feel yeah. with the suspension. So and I,
2: I think the lower linkage had a lot to do with that. And on the third generation of everything, I think, you know, the way they've that they've it. laid that, that front, uh, lower pivot over the bottom bracket, and forward, um, they're getting a, a I think a better stroke and better pedal performance out of it. So that's a yeah. really good thing. Um, you know, the one thing he noted is that it collects dirt and mud, which anything situated yeah. in that position is going to do that. But right, as long as they got the bearings wider, you know, further apart and you know, the collet axle stiff enough, hopefully this isn't the maintenance nightmare that the original and second gen VPPs were. Yeah. So
0: they're really good looking bikes too. They are. Um, they're, they're, I like the simple clean lines on them.
2: So I, I may be a Getty fanboy, but my first bike back into mountain biking in Senators 2012 was a Nomad. Nomad. Yeah. Mine
0: was a Bronson.
2: Oh yeah. That's right.
1: Yeah. Amy Bronson. <laughs> that's what they call me at Mike's bikes.
2: <laughs> yep. Shout that's out awesome. to Mike's bikes Folsom. Yeah,
0: that's right. <laughs> um, but yeah. And somebody says in the comments, the first comment is dear pink bike, please give Vernon some more stylish sunglasses to test. I think he has earned them. Um, I, I, think that Vernon is the type of guy that can ride in whatever type of glasses he wants. And what is he wearing, he's wearing what? his just normal glasses. Cause he feels like it's an important thing to see things. Oh yeah. So, and well, I agree sense. with that. I agree. It's important to see Yeah. cause that could be bad if he can't see. Yeah. So, but it's a pretty good review and pretty comprehensive. They also posted something about trail bikes and they had like a five trail bikes that they listed that were like. Uh, all kind of, I guess, different price brackets, price brackets or strengths, which is interesting. Um, the 4.5 C they said less travel, more slack. Um, that's an accurate, I mean, it's only 114 mil in the rear. It
2: doesn't feel like it though. Feel like as much it. as I've ridden one. Oh
0: God. Well, look at the videos that Nate Hills puts out. Yeah. Which that guy. Well, rides, but it's Nate Hills. So th- that's what I'm saying though. But he can make that 114 work on stuff that you would never think 114 would work on. Yeah, of course. Right. So, yeah, <laughs> hey, he's laughing on. It stuff. may be
2: short, but <laughs> heyo. <laughs> that's your, that's uh, favorite. Yeah, there we are. <laughs>
0: Joke. Um, Ivis Ripley. They say XC soul classic handling. And what they meant by classic handling was it was more quick, more twitchy. Yeah. With it's a steeper head tube
2: angle. Exactly. Yeah. That's simple.
0: Yeah. Um, but that one is a favorite, especially of like endurance racers, I see a lot of guys more endurance side of things,
2: uh, friend of the podcast, Kurt Gensheimer,
0: he loves angry his.
2: single speeder loves his yep, yeah, with a lefty does. or without a lefty. Yeah. He's, he just hated it with a laugh. I,
0: I was going to say you have <laughs> a laugh. Once. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, there's a lot of laughable jokes. About <laughs> <him. Sorry. laughs> I had to, I'm uh, sorry. dad joke. Um, yeah, you know, I am a dad, uh, white T 130 C works. Aren't they, is, is white a UK brand? I don't know either. Do you know, Amy? Uh, With,
1: I guess German. I don't know. German. Okay. Uh, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. (laughs) They're foreign of some sort. Yeah,
0: but they, uh, the thing they say about that one is they point out the fact that it has an integrated Uh, seat post clamp and that's fussy.
2: They're British. British. It says right in the article. There we are. We just have to read. (laughs) Yeah.
0: You know, Uh, I did read it. It's, you know, just lots of things. Um, but they, it's interesting. This one has an integrated, integrated seat post clamp, which, by the way, on the road, very rarely works well. Like it's, it's always kind of a finicky thing having integrated seat, integrated seat post clamps. They're kind of a pain to deal with. Some of them aren't bad.
2: Mine on my Super X works great. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, Cannondale did something right.
0: Yeah. Th- I will say integrated seat post clamps can be a pain if you're flying with your bike. Yes and you have to take your seat post out, then you should probably have some tape because you need to tape that thing in place. Cause sometimes they can fall and of it's a total mess. So, um, but then they also, it's a rubber sealed frame, which I believe that that just means that like all the seals, it just tries to block everything. <laughs> I guess that. No, I work. think
2: they're saying that the rubber seals where the, where your internal routing goes in and out.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I mean. Like they're trying to like seal it all, but it still doesn't really work that well.
2: Yeah. Kind of so. like the Yetis. I mean, the Yetis with their... Yeah, they have the little... Rubber grommets. Grommets. You know, you yeah. just got to drain your bike every once in a while.
0: Yeah. Intense... and <laughs> Flip it upside down. Intense Primer 29. Um, they say it's Intense's best trail bike, uh, but they said that the rear suspension overextends while climbing
2: with the shock locked out. Um, I, I hear they have weak head tubes as well.
0: <laughs> yeah. <if you> see, <laughs> there's a video that's going viral on Facebook right now, and it's pretty funny. Um this guy does not go full send; he goes half send
2: on a step up <laughs> on a full send jump on
0: a full send jump, and, uh, and my so long story short, the head tube snaps, and uh, but the the little badge
2: on the head tube goes just, flying yeah, at the camera just flies off the at best. the camera
0: it's it's really funny so that's a good one then finally the Kona Process One Thirty Four DL. Uh, they say it's heavy. Not a shock with Kona well, bikes. They're it's always an, a little heavier. Well, yeah. But, what, I mean, you shouldn't expect something different, though, too. Like, you kind of know what you're going to get with them.
2: Yeah, it's also a full alloy frame, you know. I totally. will say that, you know, some of the Kona's new processes and the carbon uh, stuff are actually really nice bikes. Well,
0: and this is what I was going to say about the Kona. I have a friend who actually has this bike, the one pictured right there. Or not the one picture, but they have that same build. Yeah and it descends like a dirt bike the thing is just it mows things down and it actually when he flip when he flips the climb switch it's it's actually a pretty decent climber too it's yeah. not bad yeah um so it's a really fun bike to ride so uh it's pretty cool they have like a lot of different options on there check that one out too kudo's pink
2: bike on another one
0: uh then uh let's get into oh a uh, cane creek
2: so we they fixed re- the
0: problems yes
2: I hope so. I hope that'd be, so. Too. That'd be good. I mean, I still love my Fox, but
0: yeah, we talked about that. I think on the first episode, or reliability. So. Yeah,
2: maybe the first and the second. And yeah, maybe the third. I don't know. <laughs> kind of it's, a sore subject.
0: They said they said they yeah. Being a bike mechanic, yeah, yeah I can see that. Yeah, they said they increased a the seal to twenty six millimeters from I don't know what, but in the picture, it certainly did not look like twenty six millimeters. This before. is twenty six percent. Percent. That's it. Yeah, yeah percent. Um and then they they did some other changey things inside a shock thing yeah. and it's <laughs> better. So <laughs>
2: <laughs> thank you for that.
0: Yeah. Getting in depth.
2: No, it looks like the it looks like the the air piston assembly and the seal assembly that they tend to have problems with, um, as well as the oil seal head. It seems like they've increased the size on everything. So we'll see if the if they last longer. We'll see if there's a yeah. a better maintenance interval on
0: and them. to their credit too, they're Really, that they're giving people that have a current double barrel in line, they're giving them, like, a you can upgrade all the hardware in that shock for pretty cheap. Yeah. So if you send it back, and it, I think it's within a certain time, you can check out the article there. But yeah. um, if Cancrete could be successful with that, it would be really It'd cool be because they're opening up a whole different level of adjustability. It will also confuse a lot of Jerry's out there that don't know what to do.
2: Yeah. But the thing is they also have their full iPhone and Android yeah, app that helps you helps tune you your out own. With so that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. The one thing I don't like is their dropped uh, shock, yeah. I guess the lockout yeah. levers. Yeah. They look like, I don't know. They look really big and really weird crazy. and bulky. Yeah. And I don't know what to think, but I kind of like the one, uh, if you look at the one flip lever, it looks like it's got a matchmaker assembly. Yeah, it does. It's That's got something cool.
0: similar to that. So yeah, yeah uh, pretty cool. They're always innovative. So yeah. they're always pushing things out. So, uh, then Nino Schurter had they, or bike radar. They did, uh, like an in-depth look at Nino Scherter's spark. This is from way back. But um, that bike, they talked. They go into great detail on why the engineers did the things they did with that bike. So if you're a bike nerd, lots of candy there. But the one thing that I thought was interesting with this bike was they talked about a switch from tubular tires to tubeless tires, which in the XC, pro XC world, which once again, this is something that, especially in the road and XC side of things, not so much the downhill and enduro, but in road and XC side of things, there's a lot of traditionalism in place because it's like, last generation's champ is the, is the team manager or the team director or the technical director or something else, the team. And it's kind of like a lot of old thought in place. Like a lot of, I mean, if you look a lot of the pro roadies and the stuff that they have with their equipment or the way that they train, even it's, it's kind of behind the times. Like yeah. a lot of the guys that are just average Joe's that, that are really looking forward. They have better equipment or perhaps more measured ways to train.
2: And for you downhill and enduro guys, tubulars are Tire and tube assemblies that you glue to your rims.
0: Yeah, so basically, there's a there's a thank you. <laughs> You're welcome, Amy. Yeah. There's a basically a, a band of fabric. That fabric has a tire sewed to it with a tube within that tire. So it's like a double rainbow of rubber with all sewed into kind of a, a belt, if you will. And then you glue that belt to your tire.
2: And the whole point is you don't have a sidewall to your rim to get pinch flats and cause you can there's... run a
0: really shallow depth. It doesn't have to, it's not a clincher, right? So yeah. You, yeah. And then also, um, and they're lighter
2: setup. They're in most cases. Prone. They're less prone in most cases to lots of flat situations and you can run less pressure in them, but yeah. oh,
1: go, go ahead. I was just going to say, so why wouldn't somebody in Enduro or downhill run them?
0: I, the thing is they didn't make them, uh, they, they really tubulars really came from the more of the road side of things. And then they made cross tubulars, tubulars, which were still very popular and which cross is like the hotbed for traditional mindset and not looking forward. It's terrible. They still believe Belgic, Like if you, Belgic being Belgian logic, it's like a saying by the way, nothing, yeah. nothing against Belgians at all. It's just a saying in the cycling world, but they, they think that if you shave your legs the night before a race, that will make you slower on race day because your hair has to fight the mighty battle of popping through your skin again. And that will take energy away. (sighs) That isn't, I don't think there's science there. Just no, it's not. There's no science there whatsoever. So anyways, they're kind of thinking like that, but they use tubulars. XC kind of uses tubulars, but it's actually hard to get them because they're They just don't make them that much anymore. Because Derby doesn't make a 40
2: mil internal tubular rim. Yeah, true.
0: (laughs) They're really expensive too. Um, So, because there's a lot of labor involved in making it. And, but also they were always lighter than the tires they had now, or before, but
2: now. But now with tubeless. Tubeless, they're
0: getting them really
2: light. Yeah. So like uh, my Super X came with a set of uh, Challenge Baby Limus Team Edition tubulars and Zip 303s. Nice and I set up <laughs> and I completely didn't even install them. And I put my Mavic, you know, cross, yeah. uh, what did I put? Um, Sirium Pro Disc All Roads and WTB cross bosses. You're
0: probably guaranteed to never bend those rims.
2: Oh, absolutely. Those things are so. I so mountain strong. bike my cro- cross yeah. bike. We know that. So, um, but I put that on there and it was less than 100 grams of difference total. Right. It's not. Nowadays, tubular is not yeah. m- much lighter than, than any controls. other wheel set.
0: Yeah. And, and the interesting thing is, Nino actually said or you can see within that article that Nino actually thinks that or he he did a roll down test, I think. They kind of made reference to that. And he said that not only did it feel faster, but I think that he was getting more length in a roll down with uh with the uh, clinchers than yeah. he was getting so better rolling ones. resistance. Exactly. And he's actually running a more knobby tire up front and then back too. Yeah which is cool to see. So, um, and in fact, an ardent race.
2: Hmm. And I hmm, look at Imagine that. that. Hmm. Yeah. Nino know, is following Jonathan Lee's advice. He's gotta be, I'm you sure heard he, it here. He?
0: <laughs> I'm sure he's listening. So, but it's a super in-depth look. Um, that covers the news. That was a lot of news. That was a lot of news today. <sighs> Probably a little too much. For off season. Sorry y'all. In fact, we only have like 10 minutes left. Um, but Amy, I want to talk to you about, um, a number of things. First of all, your goals this season, then we'll get into like women's racing in general and where you see that and everything else. But what are your plans this year?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a good question. They're still kind of coming together. I have a, I have a better idea what, what I'm kind of shooting for. So I'm back on the Marin team and we have a, a couple changes to the team. Uh, it's still going to be myself, Corey Sullivan, Evan Giancopolis, and we added Jenea Perry. So it's going to be a team it's of four. A fast team. Very fast. You know, Jenea was a late ad, uh, but she is, I think, an up-and-coming riser. She's Uh uh, up out of Ashland, Oregon. Super hard worker, dedicated, motivated, um, I think you're going to really see a lot of good things out of her. And it's it's neat to have somebody on the team who's young and, and yeah. has that drive because she reminds me of myself when I was in college and I did track and pole vaulted. But just seeing that drive and she's putting it all towards, you know, Enduro mountain biking. And so I'm excited to have her on the team. And we have a lot of the same sponsors back, which is awesome. Uh, and so having that team, uh, last year we were really driven for the California Enduro Series. Yeah. And this year, you know, it's being – Located in California or most of us being in California, it's it's obviously a, a easy series to get to. Certainly. And it's uh, also
0: it's reputable. It's big. it is. It's, it's, it's
1: big and I think you know the reputation's growing, it's becoming more competitive. They added yeah. the golden tour, so it spotlights China Peak, North Star, and Mammoth. And
0: I'll be doing one of the two or one of the three. Nice. Yeah. 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 They're I'll probably they're, wear lycra again, too. Yeah.
1: yeah. They're, they're all <laughs> just
0: to spite people. That's all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's a few people who don't wear baggies. I mean,
2: if you're going to wear lycra, at least put a shuttle pack on.
0: Well, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. pads, a spine protector,
1: too.
2: Yes, well, absolutely. Uh, I will <laughs> say if
1: you do one of the three, the China Peak, uh, North Star, or Mammoth, they all require full faces. It's true. They
0: do. And yeah, they yeah,
1: actually true. do require knee pads. Yeah. So. Totally are. You know that that Lycra pad look. It's a strong
0: look. It's (laughs) hot.
1: It's real. It takes the look of a special pair of legs. Which (laughs) leave it at that.
0: (laughs) If any of you are listening and thinking that are serious right now, I don't want to lead anybody into that trap. (laughs) do not wear Lycra like <laughs> just don't do it. Um, and I, and I'll only wear Lycra if I just feel like being a turd and just pissing people off. But i probably originally,
1: won't. I will, I will say originally I thought putting baggies on, I'm going to be so much hotter, like it's oh yeah, cooler. It's, you know, if you I just not. wear the Lycra, it really doesn't add that much. And I will say if I don't wear baggies, like if I, you know, I got a cross bike recently and I first time I went out and <laughs> I didn't wear baggies and, and now I wear baggies, but the first time I did it, and, and I was like, this is weird. Like my legs feel like they're going to get scratched. Like I'm totally. going to get hurt. Yeah. Like well, I and you felt do, like I couldn't ride
0: aggressive. Yeah. I agree with that. And I mean, I, I, I obviously on the XC side of things, I wear a lot of Lycra and, 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 I'm saying without baggies over, but, um, in a lot of my rides I wear baggies. Um, if you watch even Nino Schurter and all those top guys, they wear baggies a lot too. It's yeah. just, it's not like, uh, um, I think that there are definite aerodynamic gains to be had, it's argu- but in downhill stuff, it's arguable because it's very rare that somebody is just full-on tucking in that type of sport. And enduro is kind of the same way. It's a lo- technical stuff. You have turns, you're breaking a lot. So. Yeah. But, yeah, if yeah. I did it, it would just be to piss people off and make them look. <laughs> I did that at Sea Otter last year.
2: Don't didn't you do it at well, Battleborn last think, year too? I think Sea Otter no, is the bed. best oh.
0: place you could not wear baggies and people really wouldn't judge you that hard. I still was judged hard. <laughs> a lot of hard judging going on. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of
2: for wearing baggies or for wearing? No, for
0: wearing Lycra like at Sea Otter. Yeah. There's a lot of hard judging going on. That's unfortunate. I, I didn't yeah. care. I yeah. actually enjoyed it. It was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. So.
1: Anyways, I derailed. Yeah, back back off the tangent. Uh, <laughs> so I, so the, you know, I think you will see the team having a, a strong presence in the California Enduro Series, and, and also having Marin Bikes as a California-based company. So I do think it carries some weight being present yeah. in that series. I'm I'm kind of looking to to branch out. Uh, so I won the 2015 and the 2016 series, and yeah. and although the competition is growing and you know, Kathy Pruitt showing up at a lot of races last year, she definitely brought the heat and, yeah. and, and that was, you know, that stuff is exciting to me. Like I, I want people to push me. I mean, there's a lot of girls that are getting better and, and I know that they're getting better. So that all motivates me, but one, I, I kind of would like to see some new venues and then also to get, get some, you know, fresh competition and, and really put myself into some new terrain. Because what, what venues are
0: you looking forward to? What, what What's your favorite one in CES?
1: And the CES, uh, that's tough. I mean, I love Northstar, Star, yeah. uh, uh, But it, you know, they only have so many trails, so it can get get limited. I would love to mm-hmm. see them. What the honestly is have like a park day and then that be able be to awesome. get some permits and do some some stuff because there's amazing riding in Tahoe. Yeah, especially
2: and, some of the trails that lead down to like Tahoe City and yeah. There's there's, like, there's
1: a lot, yeah. and I know that they they have talked about it. Uh, mm-hmm. so that would be really cool to see. So I think there's a lot of potential there. Yeah. Um, so that, that one's definitely a favorite
0: of, of mine. We got rid of the Battleborn Enduro here in Reno this year. Well, it's everyone's going to come back.
2: It's coming back every other year. They're going to trade off mm-hmm. Mendocino, Mendocino and Battleborn.
0: So what, what about the year. Mendocino race? What you know, so from that, I, you
1: know? I, um, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence. Like I, I, I want to go. I think it's exciting. I didn't go two years ago when they had it there, uh, and I've heard wonderful things about that area—just good trails and beautiful scenery. So, I, I definitely want to work that one in. Um, there's just other things that I, you know, I may that um, Scott and Cup is the same weekend. So, gotcha. Um, I uh, am looking to branch out and do some BMEs. So, nice. I, I went to Crested Butte two years ago and just absolutely loved it. So, I'd love to make it back there. They have a ton of trails there and and do more riding. There. It's a cool series. Yeah. It is. And I'm going to start out with the Santa Fe one, go that one, and um, also try to get into the Aspen EWS just to kind of see where I'm at, stack up, That'd be cool. uh, and and do that one. Uh, but I want to spend some time in Colorado, uh, so we'll, we'll kind of see what, what happens out there. But. Uh, try to make it to most of the the CS is kind of my idea, but definitely if if things kind of the wind pushes me in other directions, I I may start just going to some other races. And then AT hasn't released their schedule. I'm kind of curious to see what they include. And I do want to make some trips up uh, to you know Northwest and BC and okay, and get some right. riding yeah. in in there. I think everybody wants to do that. So yeah, um, I think I'll avoid Whistler Crankworks. I you know I'm not. It, it looks like an awesome event, right. um, but <laughs> so I would rather just go there. Audible sigh. I know. I, I think I'd, I've only been there once and it was, you know, kind of, it was like two or three years ago, three wow. years ago. Yeah. And I know. I was, you know, I, I was on my Bronson.
2: Well, there's your first mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I made but, the mistake of taking to Cannondale there. Yeah. So. Did it break?
1: I I, twice. I I think I just want to go up there and 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 ride. I made some friends at Trans Cascadia, and I just want to go up there and ride—not just the park, but just do riding. Yeah,
0: that's what I would like to do. And and
1: I'd rather not wait in lines and not have it be dry. And you know, I want I want to go there when it's in its prime. So I think I'll save my Whistler trip for something outside of the EWS or Crankworks event.
0: So what other riding, or what other? Do you do any other forms of racing throughout the year other than enduro? Do Uh, you do XC racing at all?
1: You know, uh, last year I threw myself in a couple XC races, uh, probably two, yeah. uh, just local ones just to kind of get the heart rate up and for a long period of time and grind it out. And I did some downhill races at Northstar. Um, nice. just, they have a, a, you know, a fun downhill series up there and I would just kind of go and jump into it morning of sign up. And, and that's a, a fun thing to do. I think it helps, you know, get in that focus zone and, and it's, you know, couple minutes, so it's not really. Yeah. You know, you're not. It's not in my mind. I didn't count it as a race. Like, okay, I need to add to this as a race. Like, it was more of just like, okay, it's Sunday morning, I'm I'm feeling good. I'll sign up, and it just helps you get into that that mode. Um, but most of my races are are enduro, and and most of them are part of a series. I think my favorite race though is the TDS race, which yeah, is Grass it's Valley. Awesome. It's my
2: favorite too. Yeah. yeah
1: I we, mean, I love yeah. the people. Um, I love the except trails. for that wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's a jerk. <laughs> He's my West Coast father. But, uh, we love Ron. We're just kidding. <laughs> um, so, I, you know, I look forward to that event because it it just, everybody has such a great attitude. It really just yeah. embodies what I feel like Enduro really should be. And
0: um, it's a pretty sweet event. And it really it was, is. It was yeah.
1: kind of the start to my Enduro career. I, I met Ron, uh, the race organizer on a trail when I first started riding a couple years ago. And you know, he was like, hey, you're actually not too slow for a girl, so, you know. Well.
2: <laughs> Didn't <laughs> Mark Weir <laughs> say the same thing about you?
1: Well, that was, no, this is, like, when I, like, first started. He's like, so you're not bad for a girl. Oh, um, gotcha. Mark Weir actually said.
2: <laughs> you're the only girl he'd ride with.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think there's a few, but he, yeah, he, he said he would, so. Uh, the, the rem- there's, sorry, tangent, but all along that line, there's a Buddhist temple here in Reno, and it's got this saying on it that I'm sure is supposed to, like, provide comfort to people. But it says, you're okay as you are. And I'm sure that's, like, come as you are. Everything's okay. But the way I read it every time I see it is, you're okay. <laughs> yeah, you you're okay. Are. you will not know, You're, okay. you're not great. But hey, you're you not You'll do. Like, you're yeah. not terrible. So, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you're not bad for a girl. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. terrible.
1: I, you know, I, I think, you know, Mark just really loves seeing people just go out there and not, you know... Hold back, and I think a lot of girls kind of you know hold back and are really cautious, and so and you charge. You are not <laughs> I'll
0: charge.
1: So so Ron said, you know, you're not you're not bad for a girl. Like yeah. you know, you come out and check out the property. And so this was you know three years ago, and so I went out there, and you know he he I had never raced a pro enduro. I had really never raced. I had done a couple you know XC races, and then I bought the Bronson and went yeah. up to Northstar and. Taught myself how to jump, and so, anyways, I I had never really raced, and so he's like, you know, you you can you can do the race. We're actually going to have girls this year, so, uh, you know, you're you're in the race. And so yeah. I was I was really nervous. Um, Teal was the first person I met, and she was super awesome. And she's awesome, as yeah. <laughs> and
0: uh, probably one of the friendliest people you'll me meet. Yeah, happy, yeah.
1: Uh, definitely. And so, anyways, I raced, and I ended up getting third. And then I I was like, well, I'm signed up for Battleborn. I better change that registration like to pro because I didn't sign up pro and so that was kind of my jump start but yeah I kind of go out a lot of things just kind of like okay I'm just gonna go Uh full full send full speed why not yeah, and half send. Yeah, as intense. guy found out. <laughs> yep. But uh, I mean, even as a spectator, that race uh,
0: looks so awesome. I'm going for my first time this okay. year to yeah. spectate. Well, I hope I'm going. <laughs> so, and I will yeah.
2: be there spectating as well. I'm not going to yeah. race this and year. Fixing I'm, my bike. Well, yeah. yeah. I'm going <laughs> to. Apparently, I'm going to be doing some sort of work for Ron and Debbie, but I don't yeah. know what. And I'm going to be fixing your bike.
0: Sweet. Yeah. And hopefully, we'll be getting some good podcast content from yeah. there. That's my plan too. So whether that be with the riders, because it's a, it's a. It's like an A list. Like you it it's is. an invite only event and uh, it's pretty the riders that are there are very high
2: quality. There. So
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, you either Ron says you either have to be fast or entertaining. And <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a bonus if you're yeah. both. Yeah. yeah. I, Marco
2: Osborne.
1: <laughs> right. There's a lot of there's a lot of ones that duel up. You know, yeah, there's there's true. a guy
0: like Spencer Rathcamp, for example. Like that dude has uncanny balance on a bicycle. I don't see how uh, have you ever seen his the videos of what he does on, on one wheel. No, like he'll, he'll be walking up to his bike. It's on one wheel. Then he just like walks up then jumps on his bike, lands on the saddle, just keeps wheeling. So it never, the front end never touches. Then he no hand wheelies, does all these tricks on road bikes too. So okay, he, but he has incredible bike skill. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's fast too, but it's cool because he's not like a guy that's on. If you were to look at a result sheet for a big enduro series, it is somebody that you would just check off It's like, let's do top five. And he falls within that. He's just the type of rider that is so technically gifted and skilled. And then he's also fast that it makes like, it's cool. Like Ron like curates the people that are there. Like you said, you're there faster, you're entertaining. And yeah. it's totally, it would be, it would make for if there was, if pink bike or somebody like that was to cover an event, they would get incredible and exciting footage out of that race. Yeah. So you get to see Steven salsa dance with his bike too. <laughs> <laughs> you, get you. To, you get to
1: see a lot. Last yeah. year was extra, extra entertaining with the rain. It was yes. well, it rains muddy every. And the slick. last two
2: years, Saturday downpours all day. No, it,
1: yeah, yeah. It just made for a lot of, you know, that that terrain is is not, you know, it rains and you give it a day and then it's, It's hero dirt, but we had clay and it's terrible wallets. Everybody was taking sticks and just beating their tires and trying to get the mud off. (laughs) Every every run you were doing that because otherwise you didn't have any tread. Like it was gone. Just slicks. Mud. Yeah. And And then you have the rocks and the rocks are not, you know, not meant to like hold water. So they're slick. So
0: I remember seeing uh, Marco go through a a few sections last year, just from footage from seeing it. Just I don't
2: junk on saddle.
0: I just don't know how he went through that fast. Like the
2: seventy-five was, foot crashes that never happened. Yes, yeah.
0: exactly. Yep. Just yeah. amazing stuff.
1: I think I think it's the crowds, honestly. Yes, every stage there's a heckle section, and I it fires me up. I love it. I yeah. Mean, think some people maybe you know don't like it but um i you know those are my favorite favorite parts of the stages so yeah. definitely excited
0: for that race that's going to be a pretty cool one it'll be a good one uh, on the women's side of things with women's racing um so i mean across the board on the road side of things you see a lot of cry for equal equal pay equal share everything else and we have things like the tour de france that are kind of like I mean, like they had the the featured race that was on the the Champs-Élysées at the end. It was really cool. Now they moved it to the mountains. Arguable if that's just like a, it's probably not, I mean, hardly any spectators compared to that and probably not a whole lot of eyes on that. But it's not very even, I guess, is the point that I'm getting at. But in the enduro side of things, do you see that that is evening out more quickly in the enduro side of things or is the same thing kind of? You know, it's
1: hard to say because I am still fairly new to the whole mountain biking world. I think since I've entered, I've seen, I've seen a shift, you know, when I first started racing, it was definitely not equal payout. I think I got second at the Battleborn race and got like $50. Wow. And then I don't, I don't know what the men's side was, but I know that it was hundreds. So, you know, I I remember that race being like, uh, I just got $50. (laughs) 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 Like they didn't even pay for the race. Uh, And I got second, but Uh, I I do think there has been a shift. I mean, uh, pretty much all the races I go to are, are some sort of equal payout. It's hard. You know, it's definitely hard for me. I, I, I'm I'm not like 100. percent Everybody needs equal payout every race, right? Because I do see the side that there, you know, there are more men paying into the pro purse and and and, right. and and that I uh, I do think maybe you know and something that Northstar does, and I'm not saying everybody should do this, but they have like a base. You know, this is you know the base, and then you know if more men enter, there you know their $10 part of the registration goes into the pot. And I, and I think that, you know, that could be, you know, an, an idea, um, I do think you have to, you have to make it more equal though, to, to really start driving it. And I think honestly in Enduro, you're seeing that I, I, I've noticed in the three years that I've been racing Enduro is that you've seen a, a lot more competition, a lot more women you know the the sports are going to expert experts are moving into pro you're yeah. seeing a lot bigger fields and and I think that you know that is all in correlation to, to kind of it becoming more equal and I still think there's always going to be a be a gap there's always, right. gonna always going to be more men interested in, in you know the more aggressive sports and so you're always going to see that uh but I I you know I think uh, another thing that might help is you A lot of these registrations for the races, they're months in advance you know, if you're, if you're trying to get a female to, to sign up, you know, she may have a fi- a family, um, right. you know, and it, and it may not be her top, top priority. So it's a lot of these guys it's like, this is what they live and die for. They're on pink yeah. bike every day. Exactly. And they're you know, leaving I, one of
0: the 556 comments on. Yeah. I yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and the, you know, I think the ladies like they, they care about it, but I don't think they get as into it. And so they're not sitting yeah. at their computer waiting to sign up. And so I've heard from, a lot of ladies like oh you know the auburn race is already sold out what like it's it's in april and it's sold out in december yeah and and i think maybe to make it more fair is is you leave some open spots you know yeah you 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 save some spots in those categories and let's say you're you know a month out whatever you want to say the time date is you're a month out and those lady spots are still not filled then you open them up and then guess what some some guy who you know, forgot to register. Now he's got a second chance. You know, there's another opening of spots. Um, But I think, I think it gives, you know, the opportunity for more females to get interested because I think that's, they're playing catch up, you know, we're, we're, they're growing and you're getting more in, but they go to, go to sign up for a race and, Oh, my local race is sold out already. Right. Or you know, every race I want to go that, to is sold out. Then I then that I automatically industry.
2: makes it more intimidating and frustrating. Exactly, yeah.
1: intimidating, yeah. and then just drives interest away. Ah, maybe I won't even go race. Right. And and yeah. I'm very competitive and obviously drawn to the racing. But I think a huge part of you see a lot of these women that get involved, and not the pro ladies, you know, just the yeah. amateur classes, is is they bond. They make these bonds, and enduro is facilitates that. I mean, you have stages where you're on, but then you do a climb, and totally. so you get to meet these. Girls. That's why enduro
0: is so great. It's
1: encouraging. Girls yeah. like to encourage each other, and so they meet these friends, and then you know the friends help push them to go to more races, and and that's how it grows. But I think a big problem, at least that I see in the California Enduro Series, is that they all sell out, and and you're talking months in advance, and I don't think that you know that it's not their top. A lot of these ladies' top priority, right? Unless you're a pro or a really driven expert. Or even, you know, the sport and and beginners, there's driven ones in there too, but it's not the majority for the females, and so I think that it would help if you... Had it where it didn't all fill up, and I and I That's think I it's could possible. be incorrect, but I think cyclocross is maybe set up like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So and there's a lot of a lot of places have um, reserve spots that are still left open. Yeah, and trickle them out. Like um, even epic rides does something like that to some extent. A bit, yeah. So yeah. And
1: and I don't think that the organizer really has to sweat that those spots are going to no, go unfilled. I
0: mean, fill up. you
1: check out any race, enduro race, and last minute, there's who wants my spot? Oh. Personal message me, and or I also like you. I
0: need a spot. Does anybody have one? Yeah, all over the place. Yeah,
1: yeah. so I, I think that would help, uh, really, really help it grow. Um, I, I do think it's important to have the equality there, um, and I and I'm not saying every scenario, but I think if you want to keep driving, driving women and and getting the sport to grow, and and I, I I saw it when I was a pole vaulter. It's you know women were not allowed to pole vault you know, until years after the men pole vaulted. And once they were yeah. given the opportunity, it's, cool. you know, when I was in high school, the state record was 12 feet and I haven't looked. And and I had the state record in Michigan and I guarantee it's like 13 now right. at least. Yeah. And it just kept, kept growing. Like that is one record that it's not like the hundred meter dash where the same person could hold it for a really long time. Like it's something where women were allowed to do it and we started making technology that, you know, supported it. And
0: so if you know somebody has gone 12, your goal isn't 12 anymore. Your goal is 13 and you push for that, you know?
1: And so I think once, um, you know, once the door opens and, and more women get into it, um, I think you just have to
0: have it more accessible and, uh, yeah. Yeah. What do you think about even stages? So like, I know, for example, the Battleborn Enduro had uh, one stage last year, and I'm just speaking about the Battle Born Enduro a lot because that's the only one you went to, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a pedal fest, relatively <laughs> speaking, so fit me great. Um, but that one had one stage that was, I think it was like the, it was pro or whatever the pro top expert, two, yeah, pro mm-hmm. expert only. Right. Yeah. Um, and I don't believe they had a situation where they said, and, and no women, right? That was open to uh, the pro expert. No. Women so, as well. so
1: any, uh, sometimes in the CS, they will have stages that are pro expert only. Yeah. And, and it does not mean, you know, pro expert men only, right.
0: You know, the women are always included in that. Uh, I like to see that because, and that is different. Like if you come from the road side of things, like, road women's road races are like extra short or they'll cut out the hard climb. And I'm doing yeah. like air quotes here and it's almost like demeaning. It's like just give them the chance to do the same thing that we're doing. Yeah. Like what, yeah. why would you make it different?
1: Yeah, you know? I think, I think maybe the only thing that I have looking forward to that, I don't think the CS really crosses any boundaries, but it seems like the Enduro world series is going to these kind of gnar downhill stage races Pretty intense. Yeah, and, and I do, th- you know, and, I, I do think that that kind of limits the women that want to do it
0: oh yeah for uh, sure well that that's like the elite series right like, definitely
1: yeah. but I think even you know you get some some pro girls that it's like it's it becomes not it becomes so challenging that it's above your skill set and it's a matter of how hurt am I gonna get? If I do this, yeah, or not, do am I? I gonna get hurt Or do probably. I embarrass myself because I'm walking down the hill? Yeah,
0: you know, thinking of like the Argentina round last year and and endured World series and where it, it was just like a silt bath.
2: Yeah, I, yeah. You, the whole way. Teal down. told me that on on the one silt bath run, she fell like seven or eight times. Right. And, yeah, and Teal's you know, a really good rider. She's an a, amazing rider. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah,
1: And what she told me is, she goes, "Maybe I'm just not an EWS rider," and and I don't it's really, you know, I don't really know. Uh, enough to to really make a, a hard comment on it, but I I don't think that that's the direction that it should be going. Hmm. I right. think I don't yeah, think it should point. become a a men's race and a women's race. I don't think that's the answer. Like I, right. I think they should be doing the same things, but I don't think it should be this gnar.
2: A downhill stage race. Yeah, you said I mean, it needs to maybe if Enduro. that
1: is the idea, then maybe Red Bull should sponsor a separate series or something.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: But,
1: yeah.
2: uh Red Bull Rampage <laughs> stage.
0: I was blown away seeing some of the stuff at EWS this yeah. year. I mean, it is just brutal. Like yeah. it's like you said, in many ways, it's a it's a downhill stage race.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I only raced um, the Aspen race is my EWS experience, and mm-hmm. I, and I did the Crested Butte of of what we did two years ago, but. You know it, Aspen was hard, but i I wouldn't say that it was, you know, super technical challenge. It, it was just some there were some hard stages and and it was a hard race. Uh, yeah. but I know that that wasn't the hardest race, right. You know, I heard from people who who raced the whole series like, this is actually kind of a. A breath, of fresh, breath air. of fresh air from what they had. You know, it was it was a fast race, and I, there was cons- concerns around the speeds, just because it was you know. Yeah,
0: there were sections where they're going like forty above. Yeah, 40 which even. you know,
1: to <laughs> some of the European riders, they you know they don't have so much of that, so it's yeah. you know it's it's a different concern uh, and and whatnot. But uh, but yeah, so it's it's hard to comment on on what should happen.
0: Right, <laughs> but
1: I do think that the as far as same stages I think the women should get the same I'd as like the to men see it too.
0: Yeah. Well thanks for joining us Amy. We're going to we'll this have you fun. on occasionally cuz you'll yeah. be over the hill. Uh and maybe we'll do something from I mean, if we're at TDS or something like that, we could do something again there. Do That'd some, be cool. some
2: athlete. Interviews. Yes, Ron, we will have you on the podcast. Yes. I Ron. just got your text message. <laughs> 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 and so did Amy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then we'll also be probably, uh, I assume all three of us will probably be at the North star round and, and some other stuff there too. Yeah. So we'll be doing stuff there, but I'm, we'll have you on before then for sure. Thanks for joining us again. Yeah. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, Steve, we get to do
2: picks. Let's do it really quick. And we're going to do, can we do, can Amy do a pick too? Yeah, Just for the heck of it. So of you go first.
0: Didn't we just talk about equality here? We did. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the guest, whoever's on the, the guest on the show, of course, gets it. So a couple weeks ago, I talked about the thing that I'm holding in my hand, which none of you can see because it's a podcast. But, but he is actually holding it. Yeah. Uh, I talked about the Wahoo Elements, which is just a, a head unit. And for those that don't know what head unit is, it's a bike computer, right? Um, and I've always used garments, but somebody broke into my truck and stole it, so... Uh I am now using uh this guy. And I wanted to try something different. I know the guys at Wahoo personally, they're really good people. And they've been trying to get me to try one of these out
2: for Plug. a while. i doing
0: it. Yeah, yeah, they're good. <laughs> but I I did not get this for free. I paid for this. Okay. So good. Uh yeah, I should I should declare that. It's big was the first thing I noticed. Yeah. It's not heavy.
2: It's wider than an 820 and about as tall as an eight twenty for f- visual reference
0: yep yeah it's it's like a small
1: it almost reminds me of those uh that old Was it a nokia like cell phone yes it reminds me yeah yeah Yeah. just a little
0: shorter it's shorter for sure right yeah Yeah, they were pretty small though yeah this one's kind of stubby it's almost like the size of a flip phone was back in the day in terms of but no flip yeah but no flip so um but it's it's pretty light though so you don't have to worry it's not like a big heavy brick uh the buttons are, they don't, f- they they click just fine. They feel okay. Um, the display is all black and white, super high contrast. Good contrast. Which is actually kind of a smart thing to do. Like Garmin touts like, hey, I've got a color screen. Sure. But the black and white is actually really nice when you're on the bike in the sun. Yeah. So uh, that's pretty good. The maps are actually pretty good too. They look like an Etch-A-Sketch though. Like they look like somebody took an Etch-A-Sketch and spent... Countless hours on drawing every line of every river and every. Street. Here's not, are, do the
1: maps come loaded, or do you have to buy? They come loaded. Okay, you don't that's have to pay that's for a them, huge bonus, which is awesome. Yeah, so
2: you don't have to spend an extra hundred bucks on a map. Yeah. surprise.
1: Yeah. The <laughs> other
0: cool thing about it, um, it does Bluetooth. So if you have like any type of, if you buy a speed sensor or if you buy a power meter now. Uh, most of them come Bluetooth and AMP Plus or just Bluetooth, yeah. just because it's a lot, it's a much better wireless protocol in most cases than AMP Plus. It's more stable. Okay, so, nerd,
2: let's yeah, move on. Sorry.
0: Um, but, <laughs> anyways, uh, that makes it really easy because with Garmin devices, you can't do that. Yeah. Um, so, but you compare pair via Bluetooth and then you set up all your screens and stuff on your phone, which oh, that's
2: good. makes it easier. It's
0: is a lot easier because yeah. if anybody's ever gotten a new, in fact, as soon as my Garmin got stolen, I wasn't sad because my Garmin got stolen. You were sad
2: because you're going to have to set up I all have your pages to set up again, all the
0: pages again. This yep. is going to suck. And it's a pain. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is super easy because you can do it from your phone. Um, and it's got options galore. It goes off for a long time. So you can do other stuff It has like the live segments for Strava. Um, so if you're into that, I, I personally am not at all. I don't like Strava. You have to
1: be a premium member, right?
0: You do. You have to be a premium member of Strava to be able to do that. And, but I really don't like live. I think that segments is just ridiculous.
2: I like being able to download GPX files, but that's that's me being a nerd. That's the only reason I like premium. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, but that you can do that. They also have like notifications. So you have all that stuff too with it. Um, the one thing that I would say that as a heads up, if you have a Garmin mount on your bike, you have to turn it 90 degrees because And, and I, Wahoo doesn't want anybody to say this, but it does work. If you have like a K edge Garmin mount, like mine, for example, it works. Okay. Um, but they say that, no, it only works to their own. I think that's because of copyright issues or trademark issues that they have. Yeah. Um, or patents, I guess it would be. Whatever. The
2: thing. Things. Um,
0: but in this case, what you do is you have to turn it 90 degrees. And if you have a K edge mount, the aluminum ones, the cool thing is you just take out two little Allen bolts and you can rotate the actual female Garmin mount part just 90 degrees. Just
2: the plastic insert. The
0: plastic insert, yeah. yeah. Just rotate it 90 degrees and then you can mount it up to whatever mount you have.
2: Pro K-Edge
0: tip, mm-hmm. drill holes
1: in the top so you don't have to take the whole thing off. Oh, And you can smart. just loosen it and
0: spin it. That's a smart idea. Also, another Pro K-Edge tip, drill a hole through the center of the plastic part. Damn headlight mount. Uh, yeah, sure, yeah. um oh, sorry. Or you can get like a, I have a Garmin, or sorry, a GoPro mount on the bottom of mine, and then my lights mount to a GoPro mount, which yeah. is a sweet setup. But no, because with uh, Garmins, a lot of the time they, their barometric sensor is right in the center of the mount part, and water gets stuck there, if you happen to go through water, uh-huh. and your elevation data gets screwed up. that On our Everesting ride, do you we get were, mega gains? <laughs> no. We had, anti, <laughs> no gains. We had anti-gains. <laughs> oh and we were God. trying to hit 28,000 feet. And that was like, well, 29,029, 029, that was the goal. And we were like 200 miles into a ride. And we had, we, our mind said 24,000, no, 21,000. Another guy said 24. Another person said 26. And we had no clue what we had. To, so we just like went off the lowest one. And we ended up climbing 32,000 feet. Instead of 29,000. Very pissed off because. So of
1: mega that. gains. So <laughs> mega <gays>. mega <laughs> gains
0: in the end. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but this one it has the barometric sensors away from that. So kudos to them. I've only tried it on one ride outside. It was awesome, actually.
2: Cool. Taking it. Amy, what are you excited about?
1: I'm pretty excited. I'm doing Trans Costa Rica oh, in about sweet. a month. So I fly out February 19th. And at this point, since I haven't been riding much, I'm, I'm mostly excited about warm sun. And just riding my bike again, awesome. my mountain bike again, outdoors.
2: Good, because northern Nevada, northern California, we've had rain apocalypse, flood apocalypse, yes. and snow apocalypse, and like and it insi- just it just
1: seems like every time it's not raining, it's cold. Very it's cold. Like we, really cold. We can't really get them to meet up very often. Like no. the cold and the rain, like they need to come together
0: so we make snow. And then things can dry out when it's warm too. Because exactly. It Just stays cold. and Nothing actually dries out. Exactly. Yeah, it'd be a pain. Trans Costa Rica, it's gonna yeah. be awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. There's, a, there's a good group of people I, I know personally, but also I'm sure I'll meet, meet a lot of new people. But it'll be good. First year they're doing it,
0: and kind yeah. people down there, I've heard too. Yeah. So yeah, really good, Hopefully
1: good some good food and.
2: Yeah. good food. That's exactly what I was just going to say. But I'm the fat kid on the show, so. Yeah. <laughs> Steven, what's your pick? Well, I'm coming off of a delirious week of dealing with um with the flooding and all the stuff. You snow deal with stuff. water
0: things with your work?
2: Yeah, so yeah. I work for an engineering firm and we do uh, civil engineering, structural engineering and also flood management. Yeah. So with all of the rain and snow apocalypse that we've had going on, um I had to do a ton of field work during the flood and all my friends, everybody knows that I'm really proud of my TRD Pro 4Runner. It is a sweet car. I love that thing.
0: And and we've mentioned it before, but Steven is as anal as it gets when it comes to details and cleanliness.
2: Yeah. And oh, and it's trashed right now. His
0: vehicle, but his vehicle is exemplary. So in that manner, so is and it not, Amy?
1: No, it is. Yes, it is. I'm just yes. laughing because I'm not very Because <laughs> <totally excited.
2: laughs> you have used socks from two years ago in a vehicle that you've only owned for three months. So. Yeah. Yeah.
1: how do you know that? <laughs> He's detailer. Know he knows
2: the details. He's good on them. Yeah. So you know, it's 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 my shuttle vehicle. Yeah. It's what I haul my bikes around in. It's what we go to rides on. Um. So I kind of picked it as, um, my pick for this week because you're stoked on it. It. I was fording 26 to 30 inches of water in multiple places um the thing just goes everywhere and it's just amazing and it's i
0: there's such good cars for mountain bikers too they're so good because you can get to places that you they they you can get something like a just a full-on bro rack on the back and line up like yeah eight bikes on the back or whatever else you want you can do hitch racks you can do roof racks you can do all the things that you need there really off-road capable yeah. really comfortable yeah
2: i can't get the thing stuck anywhere i go off road i mean uh tuesday we were down in the carson valley you know with everything flooding down there yeah. and we were on very very primitive double track roads that were just muddy and saturated and you know yeah. locking diffs cr- you know the One crawl control stuck. system the multi-train like the thing is just amazing i'm just super stoked on my truck right now yeah. So that's all yeah but i'm delirious so what do i know yeah you sounded too you sound and like I'm, you
0: need a good night's rest or three. Yeah, or three. Yeah. On that note, uh, we'll close off and we'll see you guys, uh, or we'll talk to you all next week. You can le- remember, listen to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud, wherever else you're listening to Google it now. Google Play as well. Please leave a review on iTunes um, or whatever platform you're using. Five-star stars five star reviews really help. Or and, we will find you. Yeah, <laughs> we'll find you. Check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Instagram, on Twitter, all over the place. We're posting content there all the time. And uh, we appreciate it. Share this thing with your friends, too. Yes. Yeah, we appreciate it. Oh, and send in your questions. Just yes, Just go to questions. M- mtbpodcast.com. It's pretty simple. And you can send us your questions. And uh, if it's good, then we'll answer it. Yeah, because we
2: need to know what you want to know.
0: Yeah, you guys just tell us. We'll yes, do that. Exactly. So, thanks, everybody. Talk to you
2: next week. Have a good night. Goodbye, Amy. Bye.